0: You're listening to the Inside Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Olson, digital producer for Nature. This February, we aired The Last Rhino, a film about the three remaining northern white rhinos, Sudan, an elderly male, his daughter Fatu, and his granddaughter Najin. Together, they are the last living representatives of their kind. However, this dire situation hasn't deterred a group of scientists from trying to rescue the Northern white using tissue collected from Sudan and his family, as well as frozen tissue from deceased rhinos. They hope to build a population from the ground up award-winning journalist, Rachel newer wrote an in-depth article about Sudan and his family for nature in 2016. Her article lays out Sudan's entire backstory, how he wound up at a zoo in the Czech Republic and eventually at the old Pejeta reserve in Kenya. We caught up with Rachel to ask if she had any updates on Sudan or the plan to save the northern white rhino. We also hope to find out why this subspecies has fared so poorly compared to the closely related black rhino and southern white rhino. Rachel Neuer, welcome to the Inside Nature podcast. Thank you for joining us.
1: I'm delighted to be here.
0: So in the process of uh, reporting this article for us, you actually went to Africa to Kenya. Correct. And visited Sudan. What was that experience like?
1: So I really did not know Sudan's story when I met him at Ol Pejeta Conservancy in Kenya. Um, I was kind of waiting in this long line and there's a rhino standing there. And then someone mentioned to me, oh, you know, that's the last northern white rhino male. I was like, what? Excuse me? Did I mishear you? Um, But suddenly I... It was my turn to meet this rhino and he's just kind of munching away on his hay, oblivious. But I didn't know whether to feel like very solemn in this moment or happy for this opportunity. It was it was a very conflicting emotional experience for me. And I think for a lot lot of people who meet Sudan and the two females.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you actually like make contact? Did you touch him?
1: I got to touch him, yep. <laughs> his, uh, his skin is really rough. It's almost like tree bark, um, and he kind of makes these like noises. And he has a, a handler who's with him 24-7 and kind of stands by his side and pats him and keeps him quiet. But he's a really chill animal.
0: Yeah, um, in the last rhino film, he looked very sedate.
1: Just doing his thing. Doing his thing. Yeah.
0: You know, looking a little bit broader, um, maybe you could just talk about what the threats are to rhinos currently. And as an extension of that, you know, how did northern white rhinos sort of end up in this position where there's only three individuals left in the world?
1: For sure. Um, so, rhino horn, especially, has been um, wanted or coveted by people for thousands of years. Uh, back in ancient China, emperors used to carve rhino horn cups, and the idea was the cups would make any poison liquid fizzle, and they'd know not to drink it. And um,
0: So that doesn't really work, right?
1: Uh, well, there's never been scientific trials conducted on it to see if rhino horn can detect poison like some people hypothesize that perhaps there's some kind of reaction that maybe originated this myth Mm -hmm. but um for now i can say "Mm, maybe not Um, then in yemen there's also a long tradition of rhino horns being used for dagger handles Mm. that men traditionally wear on their belts um, this really all started to come to a head in the 60s and 70s when poaching intensified in Africa and um, northern white rhinos were hammered, especially for the Yemeni uh, dagger horn trade. Their, their numbers plummeted. Um, now, today, the threats to rhinos are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. The uh, demand in Yemen has gone way down, but the demand in China and Vietnam has gone up. Uh, rhino horn are still desired as cups and ornaments in China and also Vietnam. They are traditionally used in traditional Chinese medicine as a cooling agent. So if you're like a grandma, you would give your grandchild some rhino horn if they have a fever. Mm -hmm. And in Vietnam especially, there's also a new demand um, as rhino horn is sort of like a party drug. It's something you take after a night of drinking with your friends to supposedly ward off a hangover and also just to show off like how rich you are and powerful because you can flaunt the law and get rhino horn.
0: So so it is actually against the law in these countries to have or, or sell rhino horn?
1: Absolutely. Um, rhino horn has been banned in China since 1993, I believe. And Vietnam, it's also absolutely illegal.
0: Okay. So this is, this, but this is a tradition that goes back much longer than that.
1: Yeah. The, uh, well, the party drug part is something new. People think that actually um, some smart traders just made that up as like a marketing scam. But uh, for traditional medicine, yes, there's a really long history. However, researchers have conduct controlled trials of rhino horn um, and like just like some aspirin. Mm-hmm. And they found ri- the aspirin is much more effective at breaking a fever.
0: Yeah, yeah those clinical trials are important right indeed <laughs> um, so there's this pressure from poaching for these various you know medicinal purposes and trophies and daggers and and whatever else um, so d- did this have an impact on the northern white rhino in particular I mean obviously all rhino populations have felt it but why did the northern white rhino do you think um, ended think, up here
1: well the northern white rhino had the um, unfortunate distinction of living in Central Africa where um, even more than other parts of the continent there were a lot of really nasty civil wars mm. and conflicts um, after uh, nations began gaining independence in the 60s and through the 70s and 80s so the northern right white rhinos strongholds were Sudan and uh, what is today the Democratic Republic of the Congo So just, you know, the populations were hammered by war after war. And studies have shown that war is um, a bad thing for conservation. Um, Armies will fund themselves through trafficking of wildlife. Um, You know, people are hungry, so they kill animals. Habitats are destroyed.
0: Um, And that's affected elephants too, right? I mean, I think there was an elephant census that over the last 10 years that the central African bush elephants had been decimated as well.
1: Definitely. I mean, yeah. across the continent, elephants um, have declined by 30% overall in seven years. Um, but yeah, definitely in places where conflict has broken out, yeah. they've especially been impacted. Yeah.
0: So that's affecting the northern white rhino more, um, but just by virtue of where they're located.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the the first and second Congo wars really were sort of the last uh, nail in the coffin for the subspecies unfortunately
0: yeah as you outline in your article and uh, as the the last rhino film portrays there's this group of scientists that is trying to resuscitate the species we're taking you know these three individuals and and trying to uh, expand them out to a, a sustainable population so um, could you just talk a little bit about the science behind that I know it's pretty complicated some of it, and maybe you could just walk us through it.
1: For sure. Yeah, so there are so many challenges to this idea of theirs, but they are very determined to try because it's really the last hope for this subspecies. Um, So there's sort of two lines of investigation here. One is extracting egg cells from Fatu and Najin. And remember, those are the last two living female northern white rhinos. Um, neither of them can actually carry a pregnancy to term. Um, one of them has a messed up uterus, and the other um, had an encounter with an overzealous southern white male rhino that messed up her ankles, mm-hmm. so she wouldn't be able to carry that to term. Um, so if they, if scientists can extract those eggs and the eggs are healthy, then they can use frozen sperm from a already deceased male northern white rhinos that have been kept in um, deep freeze in Berlin um, and then uh, fertilize the eggs, implant them in a female southern white rhino and <laughs> bring the baby to term. <laughs> wow. So you can see how complex this idea is.
0: Um, and, and the reason they would take that embryo and implant it in a southern white rhino, that's because these two older females cannot carry that's uh, right like
1: one of them has had some kind of horrible infection that left her uterus warped and the other like I mentioned she has this problem with her tendons where she couldn't be mounted by a male and she could not carry that you know several hundred pound calf to term
0: and then you said there's a second plan, so what's... There is. Or what, what, this, so this, this gets, this gets this even This one crazier. is even crazier. Yeah, this is like yeah.
1: the stuff of science fiction, but I love it. There is this uh, breakthrough technology that came out a few years ago called induced pluripotent stem cells. Now, it sounds like a big mouthful, but it is something that won the Nobel Prize, and basically it's taking a normal cell and you're coaxing it into becoming a stem cell, which is more or less like a blank canvas for creating any kind of cell in the body. So if you can take a cell from a northern white rhino, coax it into becoming an induced pluriponent stem cell, and then turn it into a sperm and or egg cell. Wow. Unite those cells, <laughs> you will get a rhino embryo. Right
0: and so but this has never been tried right i mean this or have they tried it with other species so
1: uh yeah there there is signs that this could work Uh um a japanese researcher recently used this method to actually create baby mice oh wow so he made the cells he put them in a female mouse and they came to term and the mice are fine and um, researchers in california have also used this technique to create induced pluripotent stem cells From one of the female northern white rhinos. So we know we can at least uh, apply this to a rhino. We know that it can lead to healthy animals. Yeah. Can all those things be put together and actually achieve a baby rhino? We have to wait and see.
0: Yeah. So your article in the film, uh, which again were sort of both completed in 2016, sort of left us with that question. And I guess we're still waiting to answer that question
1: yeah I you know unfortunately science tends to move a little slow Um, there haven't been any like major developments as far as I know but I mean I think everybody's giving it their all so hopefully there will be in not too long
0: yeah hopefully so we talked a little bit about elephants Um, China recently banned the sale of elephant ivory uh, which is huge definitely
1: Um, it's like the biggest best breakthrough you could hope for for shutting down the illegal ivory market
0: and actually i think it's surprising that that wasn't already the case i mean that's that's crazy when you think about it but um for sure uh, but it's encouraging it's incur- an encouraging sign uh, so are there any encouraging signs when it comes to rhinos
1: um well more and more countries are paying attention to this more and more countries are taking it seriously um The U.S. has made a bunch of really great progress on this issue here. They've made over 30 arrests in the last few years related to rhino horn trafficking. Um, Now that the ivory issue has been taken care of in China, um, a lot of experts are hoping that they now turn their attention to curbing the rhino horn trade there. In Vietnam, meanwhile, there's really great um, anti-demand campaigns Mm -hmm. to try to Um, just change people's minds about using it. Uh, The results so far are mixed, but it's also early days. The thing is, the laws are already there. They just need to be enforced and taken seriously. Um, And unfortunately, Africa on the ground has not reflected any changes in terms of poaching. Um, South Africa just published its numbers of rhinos lost last year, which, um, for I don't remember, maybe the fourth or the fifth year in a row, were more than a thousand. Um, at this point, there's more rhinos being killed than born, so yeah. it doesn't bode well for the species. But um, we still have time to change that.
0: And that's, and you're specifically talking about southern white rhinos. Yes, and, and how many black have, rhinos. And black rhinos. And do we know like roughly how many of those are left in the wild?
1: Um, yeah, so there are around 30,000 rhinos left on the planet, and that is of all five species, and including the northern white rhino. Most of them are white rhinos, uh, excuse me, southern white rhinos. And, of course, they're the ones just in terms of sheer numbers that are also getting nailed the hardest by poaching.
0: Uh-huh. And most of those rhinos, probably the reason that they're they still exist is because they're either in some kind of reserve or private land or something like that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, uh. the majority of the world's rhinos live in South Africa, and almost all of them, if not all, are on uh, in national parks and are privately owned by uh, rhino owners who, are incentivized to keep the species alive because they can bring tourists in or hunters yeah. and make money off of them. So right. there's a popular saying in Southern Africa, if it pays it stays. Uh but interesting. um whether you support hunting or not, um it has helped bring rhinos back from the brink.
0: Yeah. But that's sort of a that's yeah, uh, I don't know. How yeah, I feel it's kinda tangential, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, You have a book coming out in September, is that correct?
1: That's right. September 25th, uh, my book about the illegal wildlife trade is going to be released.
0: And like what sort of species do you talk about?
1: Um, So it's really, it's kind of an adventure narrative. So it's definitely not a big depressing list of all these species that are going to be killed, but um, you can learn about Sudan, for example, the, the northern white rhino. You can learn about elephants, tigers, and stranger things like pangolins and earless monitor lizards. Ah,
0: uh, yes. And did you did you tell us the, the title of it? Yes, excuse okay. me.
1: The title is Poached Inside the Dark World of Wildlife Trafficking.
0: All right, great. Well, we'll look for that in September and Thanks so much for coming on, Rachel. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure.
0: That was journalist Rachel Neuer. We'll provide links to Rachel's article and The Last Rhino film in the show notes. You can stream the full episode on our website and PBS apps until March 21st. Finally, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the Inside Nature podcast on iTunes. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, I'm Eric Olson.